The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Hi again, and welcome to another episode of the Drop Back Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis, and Matt's away again, so I'm joined down the line by Joe Costanzo. Yeah, Matt Matt decided not to join us this week. He was really disappointed in the Dolphins' performance and uh, decided to sit out. Yeah, based on that, though, arguments, he's never going to join us again until maybe 2023. Yeah, this is a two-man podcast from now on, mate. (laughs) Okay, so this weekend in the UK was the reiteration of the all-star game the first time since the end of the 2008-9 season and it was brought back thanks to joe walker and football america and they did a really good job on it actually i was watching the live stream unfortunately neither of us were able to make it down on sunday with prior engagements but it was a good watch and despite a rain-filled afternoon apparently they got quite a good crowd going according to angus cook one of the quarterbacks from the games yeah i mean it's it's definitely uh very important game i would say uh bringing like we said earlier it was a nice mix of people from around the different leagues coming to represent the british game and uh, see what we have to offer mm-hmm. so in the end the south took it by a low score of 12 um, points to eight two touchdowns unfortunately weren't able to convert after those scores and it was a bit of a defensive slugfest, but I mean, with one practice each and the weather yeah. as it was, it's as expected. It was still a great game. There were some some great plays on show. Angus Cook with an insane little shovel pass diving, keeping his knees off the floor to Mark Price of Sheffield to, for the for the opening score of the game. Yeah. Then they they went with the swinging gate next, which is nice to see some trick plays on display, the type of games like this. Coach is actually going for it rather than playing it safe. Yeah, definitely. I think the thing with, with these one-week practices is you just got to sort of get to try stuff out that you wouldn't usually do. So it was, it was nice to see that, definitely. Mm-hmm. So there were quite a few turnovers in the game, but it's, it is what you expect. You've got yeah. some massive defensive linemen who were able to tee off later to towards the game after they both did quite a good job shutting down their respective run games. And with the weather as well, it would be what you expected. A few fumbles, a couple of picks. But it was a good event all round. And a special thanks as well to the Loughborough students, especially Jeffrey Adusi Ampong, who did a great favour for us. We were unable to go, so he took over our social media for the for the weekend. He did a great job for us. Big man Jeff on the social media, slide into his DMs. I can't remember what his Instagram handle is and I don't have it to hand, but, you know, got to represent my boy. <laughs> if you truly represented him, you'd have, you'd have had you'd yeah. found his handle before the game. So despite that, though, it was a great advert for the British game and it does look like there's something that people would be willing to do again. I've had a chat with a couple of players from the game and they all really enjoyed it despite being on the losing side. And it's a great starting block as well for something that... Football America will be looking to build on in the years to come. Yeah, I definitely think it should be a recurring thing every year at the end of the season. And so, so yeah, the um, the South managed to win it, and they've been waiting ten years for this revenge. The North took the last game eight six, and they finally managed to get their own back. And the North will be looking to avenge. Saw a lot of North never the North remembers. The North remembers. <laughs> hashtags on social media after the game so they definitely won't take that line down next year no definitely not 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 of uh jeffrey's got anything to do with it mate this this man used to come into practice wearing grills 
And if, if that doesn't show the passion for the game, I don't know what does. Exactly. <laughs> and so, speaking of big changes at the university or college level, which is a tenuous link as well, but the California government this week, I think just today actually, passed a new legislation that will come into effect in 2023 that will allow players to make money off their license and image rights, which is a huge step forwards. And unsurprisingly, the NCAA are very against this. Yeah, I I think um, personally, I think it's, it's a progressive move for the sport. I think everyone sort of knows this about the NCAA is that college athletes deserve to be paid for their just the amount of money they bring into the the colleges and universities around america um and it's it's a hot topic based on if just california does this what does this mean for the other states around the ncaa does it give californian colleges a competitive advantage over their the other states or is it even as much of a impact as you think it's going to be because when the way I see it is how many of those players are actually going to be making a lot of money off of their, off of their likeness and of their image. Uh, obviously we've got like the, the big players like the Johnny Manziel signing their jerseys and getting a few grand over here, a few grand over there. But I, how many of those players can you actually count on, on the big mm-hmm. teams? Yeah, well, I think it's just about fairness because if you're any other college students anywhere in the world, in America as well, you can obviously make money on the side doing whatever you want, whether that be YouTube, and you can't do that if you're a college football player, which seems ridiculous. And you do have to imagine that if you're, imagine yourself as a young high school footballer and you're given the opportunity to either go play, I don't know, Alabama, Clemson, or USC comes in with a scholarship offer you're more likely now to take that USC offer because you don't have to, you can make a little bit of money on the side. It's not going to be a lot, but it will give them, I think, a recruiting advantage. I didn't even know that they weren't allowed to have YouTube channels. Like, I, Exactly. I just, How ridiculous is that? That's, that's so stupid. Like, That's just absolutely blown me away. Like, Obviously, to to some extent, you, uh, I don't know. Like, the, the thing is, it has you have to protect the let's say protect the college game like they deserve to be paid for their for their likeness i mean they're the ones putting you know potentially themselves at risk but um a lot of these players aren't going to progress into into the professional leagues of the nfl and the cfl and potentially the xfl coming up but um yeah like i i think they deserve to be paid it's whether or not it will have as much of an impact as as people are sort of speculating I, d- I don't think it, it's going to necessarily be a, a massive deal breaker for uh, a lot of players choosing whether to go to California or not. They're, they're going to choose wh- whatever school they want to go to based on the recruiting process rather than this. It will, it will definitely play a factor, but I, I think it's mm-hmm. not going to be the biggest thing, the be all end or as people have been saying. Yeah, I think what it will do is it'll force the NCAA to make a decision. They're either going to have to kick California out from making from competing for the NCAA championship or whatever else they want to do because that is something they've said in this whole process almost threateningly or the other thing it may force them to change the way that they approach their athletes they may start to pay them for their rights image maybe 
you you give them their jersey sales. Um, yeah, like it's it's not saying we want to pay them for playing sports. At the end of the day, they're an amateur, but they should be able to make money on the side. They shouldn't have to be reliant on the food that the college gives them and not be able because when else are they going to class they're they're still in classes because they're students and then the rest of the time they're in training or in classroom sessions they don't have time to have a full-time job on top of that it's it seems unfair on the athletes themselves i know it's like oh you can't be unfair on these athletes they get free education they get part of the nfl but not all of them get that and even the ones that don't have scholarships still can't make money off their likeness yeah that that's definitely true i i do think it is definitely a progressive move um it's whether or not other states will come forward and and bring similar policies through i don't i honestly don't think the ncaa is going to change based on just how much of a big money maker that is for for each of those colleges i i don't think that it's gonna instigate anything uh you know college sports wide that's that's gonna really change the atmosphere but uh i do think it's definitely it's definitely a step in the right direction and hopefully other states will start to see uh similar things sprouting up yeah it's when the president of the ncaa comes and said it's the single biggest issue he's faced in his decade that he's had on the job and it's not like i don't know other programs have been violating antitrust laws that are federal laws and I don't know, was there someone in Penn State that did something like kind of dodgy with children a few years ago? But yeah, paying their athletes for their likeness is the biggest issue that they've got to face in his tenure. <laughs> All right, Mark. Yeah, yeah, that that is actually a bit ridiculous now you put it into the context of Joe Paterno. But um, yeah, they're just kind of suits. As soon as money's involved, now it's the biggest issue in the world, isn't it? And that's ridiculous. Like, I feel... Athletes are often treated that they should be just happy with what they've got. They shouldn't be stirring the pot. You look at Jalen Ramsey, it's like, well, why aren't you happy? You're going to get a new contract in a year and people already like you. Just just be quiet and play the game. And that's the kind of attitude that is going to turn a lot of people away from the sport as well. Like you won't get the best athletes because why would you not go and play in the NBA then where you can play yeah. college for one year, you can go and then you can have and it's a much more player-friendly league than the NFL is. And if you keep going down this route, shunning the athletes and their personality, I think you're going to be heading towards a crossing road somewhere down the line, especially with the new NFLPA bargaining agreement coming up, mm. I think, next year. Well, do you want to shed some light on the new NFLPA bargaining agreement? or Well, you mean the fact that it does look like we're going to get 17 games now? Oh, that's just ridiculous, isn't it? But they're not doing that. Um, it, this isn't the, the roster thing where you, you have to have one person who who hasn't played the other 16 games join in as the starter for that 17th game. Is, is that still happening? or No, they've moved on from that. That yeah, was originally they were going to have 18 games. I think they're going to change it. I think what the NFL is pushing for... Money. Is 17... Yes, obviously. But 17 <laughs> games with an extra bye week, which gives the players some of what they want and it helps the NFL out. And it is, it's the first sign of one of these sides almost giving a little bit to try and, mm. try and negotiate in the past. It's always been, I don't know if you, anyone listens to the Pat McAfee podcast, but he said in these negotiations how the NFLPA and the NFL are right, well, let's go to war with the other team. And it's like, it's just not a business here. You can make the best thing for both sides. Yeah, it's a mutual agreement at the end of the day. I, I, I only think that really makes sense to add an extra game if you're adding more teams into the league. But I think 
as it stands now, we just don't need an extra game. It's just there to make money. It's very obvious what it is, but that's the NFL for you. And so on easier discussion points, week four happened this week. and We're a quarter way through, way through the season, and it's beginning to shape up what teams really are. So the Browns have had a pretty torrid month in the media. They've been ripped apart after being propped up all summer, and suddenly they find themselves top of the AFC North after comfortably beating the Baltimore Ravens. I I didn't enjoy this. Um, I mean, I know you're going to want my take on this, but basically we, we found out just before the game had started that Brandon Williams wouldn't be playing. Um, I think that had a massive impact on the team. Uh, as you could see, Nick Chubb basically tore us apart. It was it was kind of ridiculous. I think it was over. It was like 175 yards or something on, along those lines rushing. I, I don't have the stats up, but my Google Chrome has decided not to work. So that's great. Um, but, you know, I, I think that had a, a massive impact on us. We got absolutely torched by Jarvis Landry when because it, the, the, it just uh, Nick Chubb's explosiveness and his ability to end the game just sort of opened up those opportunities for Jarvis Landry. Um, and we started to see the Browns' offense really take over, to be honest. And their defense looked really good. <laughs> like to, uh, they're definitely the best at handling Lamar, in my opinion. Yeah, well, the Browns' defense, apart, they got beat up a little bit in week one against the Titans. But other than mm. that big screen pass to Derrick Henry, which I know you can't just discount a play, but they are second in the league in yardage allowed. Yeah. Which, so they've been talked about, they've been, oh, the Browns are nothing, they're allowed stinks, the play calling's awful, but they've got a good defense. The running game came back this week, and I know you can say it was Brandon Williams, but you've still got a, it's 165 yards is nothing to Nope, nope. just Brandon at. Williams, mate. Just Brandon Williams. If he was there, never would happen. Never in my life. <laughs> never in my lifetime. Um, yeah, but he also, the play calling seemed to improve. The first touchdown was actually a pick play. It wasn't just four people going downfield and trying to get open in a straight line. There was actually seemed to be tactics behind the play calls. I don't know if Freddie Kitchens has retaken control of the offense. He was always a play caller. But there was a lot of tours that he wasn't. There was a lot more contributions in that offensive room, mm. and he's he started going back up to a bit more than what he was able to do last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, the the Browns kind of showed their stuff, and now they're sitting atop the AFC North, which was sad considering literally a week earlier everyone was saying, "Oh, the Ravens are probably the third best team in the AFC," and now look at us. We're a shambles, Slew. An absolute shambles. Is that not a bit hard when you played the Browns, who were a Super Bowl contender at the beginning of the year, and the Kansas City Chiefs that have decimated everyone, except the Lions, who had a really good game yeah, against them this week? I was say, no touchdown passes for Pat Mahomes. What a madness. Exactly. And it, other than two red zone fumbles, you one from Kerryon Johnson, one from Matt Stafford, the Lions almost had this game wrapped up. And no one expected them to keep this close. You've got Mikko Hardman was shut down. And if it wasn't for the running game, which, and a few turnovers, the Lions have this in the books. There was a lot of sneers when Justin Coleman was paid from the Lions just to be a nickelback. But he came up big in this game, made a great play in the end zone to punch out the ball. And another mm. one, which was one of the most heads up plays I've ever seen on a football pitch, is someone caught the ball in front of him. 
waited for him to stand stand up, and then as he left his knees, just punched the ball out. Yeah, that's that's a definite craziness. Absolute heads up, and that that's what they were saying is because the starting corner for the Lions, oh, I've forgotten his name now. Darius Slay. Yeah, the the, the man Slay Slay Junior. Um, yeah, because he he wasn't playing, and you know everyone just assumed, oh well, that's it. It's Kansas City at the end of the day. Like they're just going to get absolutely torched. But it was it was crazy to see no passing touchdowns from Pat Mahomes. I can't emphasize that point enough. Like. This man was just about to break Peyton Manning's record for um, consecutive two touchdown uh, games and no touchdowns against the Lions. And looks like he's just stalled out there, really. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's... I don't know if... Mm, I think Patricia's Lions team, we, we don't really know what... Are they good? Like, I, I honestly can't tell you, like... I know exactly what you mean because they're three zero and one undefeated through the first quarter of the season. Mm. But there's something about them; they don't quite feel like a contender. I don't know what it is, but yeah. they they look they look like they should be good, but something about them doesn't quite fill you with confidence. Yeah, that's ex- exactly what I felt like. It just wasn't yeah three zero and one. They're, they're two one and one. They they lost, didn't they? Who did they lose to? They lost. They, won? they lost to the Chiefs. 34 to 4. Oh, yeah, this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. You silly sausage. You silly little boy. You could be so hurtful in, with your words, Joe. Yeah, that's that's because you deserve to be hurt with them. A little bit more hurtful. Yeah. So, someone else I'm not convinced by that. I'm still not convinced by Teddy Bridgewater. I know they won last night against a good Cowboys defense. But that Saints defense, it just lacks that deep threat when you don't have Breeze in it. They don't have anyone that can truly separate downfield. And without Breeze's deep accuracy, I don't know, it just seems very enclosed. The Saints' defence absolutely balled out and they needed to to win this game in a tight one last night. Yeah, I... I don't know. There's something about Teddy Bridgewater, his reluctance to throw the balls in tight windows. I know that's what you want. And I know people don't like to hear the phrase game manager, but that is what he is at this point. Yeah, I, I think he kind of gets happy feet, doesn't he, in the in the, in the the backfield a bit? Like, you, you sort of see him panicking moving around and just trying to make something happen but it's just it feels weird i i i still think they should give Taysom hill a shot like that just starting for the saints no one knows if he can pass i don't know but it could be fun you gotta admit yeah. they, they've got him out there running like wide receiver routes and stuff on some of and these just running over safeties yeah it's, it's, it's ridiculous i love it i, I want to see more I just want to see Taysom Hill take over this offense, really. I think the silver lining for the Saints is is they're 2-0 with Breeze out, Mm. not including the Rams game where Bridgewater had to come in halfway through the game. And you could argue that away to Seattle and against Dallas are the two hardest games they've played so far. Yeah. Or will play in the six games that Breeze is expected to miss. So if they can win a couple more of the four left... Then they were a good position. And last year, the criticism was that Breeze's arm strength started to die down the stretch a little bit. Yeah. But if he's missing six games, he can rest that arm and you should be at full strength for the playoff run. And maybe if they could get out of this reasonably unscathed, this almost could have been the best thing that happens for the Saints. Their defense has had to step up, and so they'll be ready to go by the time they're in competition mode. Warmed up. How about that? What do you reckon? Teddy Bridgewater having to play... Could mean the Saints win the Super Bowl. 
<laughs> Saints win the Super Bowl. <laughs> you're, you're, you're taking the Saints winning the Super Bowl over, you know, possibly the, the, the Chiefs or the Pats. Let's be honest, it's going to be the Chiefs or the Pats. But, uh, I mean, I I think it's, it's a good point. Um, I I just don't... I don't see them getting past the NFC Championship game, to be honest. I, yeah. In in my opinion, but I don't know when. Do you know when Breeze is set to come back? Or I think he was due to miss six games, so they have four more. And let me just try and find their schedule really quickly. And then they have a bye week, and then they come and play Atlanta after the bye week. Who I'm not impressed by this year. That's a winnable game, even with Teddy Bridgewater in. Yeah, but what what are the next four games? All right, so the next four games are home to Tampa Bay. Yeah, they... they Iffy D. Mm. Who mullered the Rams, but they've got an iffy defence and the Saints' defence is much better than the Rams' is. Yeah, on, on note of that Tampa Bay game, by the way, like, what the hell is Jameis Winston... I, I can't explain that's the first time That's the first time I've watched Jameis Winston and be like, yeah, I get why he's the first overall pick now. It's only taken five years and Bruce Arians, but I get it. He's had those sort of games, though. He just has this ridiculous performance. He's done it a few times, like over 400 passing yards and multiple touchdowns. But And then he just goes back to being a less than average quarterback. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, why can't you just do this all the time? Why can't you just be a consistent person? Um, anyway, just yeah. be more consistent, Jameis. Be more level. Yeah, Jameis, calm down. Um um, then at Jacksonville, which is a tough game. Mm, not against Mr. Gardner. I've got Gardner taking that. Away a to Chicago. Mm, I think he's going to get eaten up. But then again, Mitch Trubisky is out. Chase Daniels in. So they were still able to shut out the Vikings this week, almost. Yeah, their defense is legit. Um, okay, and then it's home to Arizona which I think is probably going to be a win. Yeah. And then they've got their bye week and then they're home to Atlanta. Yeah. So I think it's feasible they win two of the next four games. Yeah, that's true. I And then they're coming in with Breeze out. They'll be five and three. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I can see it, but I I just don't think... I mean, they could make they could make the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't I'm not saying they are. I'm just. I'm just saying, is they've done better than expected already. Getting through these first two games, Breeze's shoulder will be more ready. Won't be as tired by the end of the season as it was last year, which it severely did drop off. And there could be, it could work out well for the Saints. Yeah, that's true. Um, on note of Week Four news, that's completely irrelevant. But you you did mention mention the Bears game. Um, what do you think of? Adam Thielen kind of semi-calling out Kirk Cousins. Have you heard about this? Or Oh, I like that. It's saying something like, we just need to pass it, or just need to, sometimes you just have to be able to throw it. Yeah, basically just calling them out and not passing the ball enough. Kind of. Without... Yeah, so exactly. Is he calling out Kirk Cousins, who did miss him on a deep shot earlier in the game when it was competitive? Or is he calling out this coaching staff? And I said this earlier in the year. This Vikings team is going to be able to beat up on the little teams that can't stop the run. Mm. But as soon as they start to fall behind against a good defense, they could look like to struggle. And Zimmer doesn't look like he's going to move away from that run game. And I think he's he's may have backed himself into a corner this year. He's such a good defensive coordinator yeah. and mind. 
but is his job at risk if they don't make the playoffs this year? I think it could be. Uh, at the end of the day, it's 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 a weird one because Dalvin Cook was doing so well um, against, like you said, these small teams, but they, they are seeming to struggle against when they're behind. And I've got Stefan Diggs on my fantasy team, and this week was the only week he had decent points. Like, he went the first three weeks, I was trying to trade him left, right, and center. But now... The, like it seems like if one receiver performs, then the other just won't because they don't pass the ball enough to equally. There aren't enough targets to go yeah. around. Exactly. Yeah, they're just there's not enough attempted passes. They're they're just running the ball most of the time. So you kind of know what you get with the Vikings. I, I I can't imagine. I mean, I could see them making making the wild card, but I, I don't think they'll get any further than that. Really. What I see with the Vikings way too much is. In obvious run situations, they run on first down and then it's second and nine to second and 11, somewhere in that range. Yeah. And then they just try and run it again. And then it's what, third and eight? And Kirk Cousins isn't good enough, especially against a defense when they've played the Packers or the Bears, who maybe the Packers aren't that great, to do anything with that. The one drive I saw near the end of the game where they put Kirk Cousins in shotgun and let him spread the field out, pass the ball around a bit more, was the best they looked all game. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, I think he's got definitely got the talent on that Vikings offense to, to be able to thrive. I just don't think he's given enough opportunity. And Kirk Cousins has shown before that he can do that. It just depends on whether or not he's, he's allowed to almost. We've ended up spending quite a while talking about week four, actually. but We have done. And on that note, though, the Vikings are one of the teams that I think are dead. Dead. I think the Bears are dead. I think I'm calling it now. Dead. It may be a risk. Vikings are dead. Okay. They don't impress me. It'll, they may change it up, in which case I'll be wrong and I'll face some sort of punishment for this. Cool. But the Vikings are dead. They're not going to be able to beat the hard teams, and the Packers and Bears are going to win too many. There's too many decent teams in the NFC for them to get a wild card spot. They've already lost two games in the division as well. That's that's a brave call for for dead teams, but. Um, I respect it. I, I don't know if I agree with it. <laughs> um, That's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, should we, should we progress on to the who is dead, who is not dead? Yeah, so the Broncos are also very dead. I was going to say the Broncos are dead. Which I feel baffled because they lost twice in very similar fashion with uh, scoring a touchdown, but then they just got marched all the way down the field on for game-losing field goals. Mm. And now Bradley Chubb's out with a torn ACL in the one game that they actually had a pass rush going. Yeah. I think it's all over for the Broncos. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Their first three games, they had zero sacks and zero turnovers. And then, like, this game, Von Miller came out, got his 100th sack of the of his career, which is nice to see. Two sacks in the first half. But, like you said, Chubb's out for the season with a torn... I thought it was a torn labrum, but it might be a torn ACL. Um, yeah, uh, I think... I just think I thought this defense would look better than it has and um i really having experienced joe flacco for a solid number of years when you put him in a corner unless it's in the playoffs it's not gonna this about joe flacco too often on sunday i saw a blitz from a nickelbacker or a safety or something like that and if you've been in the league as long as joe flacco has you should be able to identify that pre-snap if you if i can see it coming on the watching the game on tv and i know it's different when you're playing a game but he's played this game for years he should be able to see that and get the ball to his hot read instead of looking the other way and get taken out from the back. True, 
True. But also, have you accounted for the fact that Joe Flacco is a slow six foot six man who doesn't know how to move? And also, you don't need to be able to move. Meets. You just need to be able to identify. Brady doesn't move. He can see where the blitz is coming for and throw it in that direction or see the hot room, see which is open quickly. He doesn't need to be able to escape. Like I'm not expecting him to spin out, dance around Gardner Minshew-esque and then lob it over the top. That's not what I need. I just need, him to, I just need him to hit the space. That is true. I, I just think he's, he just shows a severe lack of hustle. I, I, I was there. Where's your hustle? Where's your hustle, boy? I remember he, he pulled off a, I think it was like a 70 plus yard run in like his rookie season. And I was just, that was ridiculous. I can't remember. Was that 20, 2009, 2008, maybe? Gosh. Not really the point. But, you know, I'm, I'm just recollecting over the good old days. Mr. Mr. Flacco. Are you giving up? Are you giving up already? You're back in the good old days. Two losses back and you're done with the season. No. Okay. I, so who else have you got that's dead this year? Um. I mean, I think I was. I was just going to pick some of the more obvious ones. I mean, I wasn't going to come yeah, out. Yeah, I've got three obvious, three more obvious ones. Well, obviously, there's the Dolphins are dead. Yeah. We we obviously don't think we need to spend much time on that. Speak about that. The Jets. Apart from how many times are is everyone going to drop the ball? For Josh Rosen, yeah, it's it's just literally and figuratively, and just the whole front office is dropping the ball constantly on him. But um, well, hey, yeah, it's it's like Matt said. I, I think they're, they're just hoping they get to her, which doesn't wouldn't make any sense. It's like putting a, you know, like putting a plaster over. God, let's hear the simile. You know, a torn ACL, but um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's. I don't I don't think we need to talk about the dolphins anymore. Points okay. Points four dolphins. While we're, while we're at it, I've just looked it up. Twenty six points for one hundred sixty three points against over four weeks. Twenty six points for in four weeks. And then the Jets are sitting here and they've only scored thirty three points in four weeks as well. It's just it's just three weeks. Jets haven't played this week. No, they haven't. Oh, I'm such a city, but still. The point remains. That's all. The Jets, one of your teams as well, though. Yeah, the Jets. They're terrible. I haven't got the Jets. You haven't got the Jets. How come? You think? I want to. I want to see what happens. The second half of their schedule is a lot easier than the first half. I'm not saying they will make, but I'm not ready to rule them out yet. The other teams I have are the Bengals and the Redskins. Mm, The Bengals. Bengals. The Bengals have looked good at times, though. Yeah, but they're not making the playoffs. No, definitely not. Yeah. But, but do you think the Steelers are making the playoffs? Probably not. Yeah, because I had the Steelers. But dead. I'm not as willing to rule them out as I am the Bengals and the Redskins as well. I don't care how good Dwayne Haskins is. There's not enough talent on that team. Mm, yeah, that's true. Especially with the Eagles and the Cowboys in their division. I don't even think... Why would you... Um... <sighs> it seems like a desperate move from Jay Gruden to be like... Oh look, I can develop this quarterback. Please keep me on as coach. Yeah, but wasn't um, Case Keenum wasn't he in a walking boot this last week before this game? And they they were still unsure whether or not Dwayne Haskins would be starting. Yeah, well, he didn't start this game, did he? They played Case Keenum, and I don't think it was an injury that made yeah, them no. swap him out either. No, he just played terrible as per. But I mean. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, well, the issue with the Redskins goes deeper than the coach, and it has done for years. Like, Jay Gruden is actually one of the better coaches they've had since Dan Schneider took over. 
and they've all been run out of town because they've been unable to perform because he tries to run it like Jerry Jones does but he doesn't have the football acumen that Jerry Jones has yeah also okay um, on another note of dead teams I've got the Falcons the Falcons are Falcons are dead. dead that's not a bad shout because it, yeah it, it just doesn't make any sense like Matt Ryan had over 400 yards passing no touchdowns it like it doesn't their defence looks terrible they don't. They just don't look very good. I, d- I don't have any faith in them. Um, it's weird to see. I, I think Dan Quinn might be in trouble at the end of this season. Um, after you know the, all the Super Bowl highs of uh, a few seasons back, and now now look where they are really. Yeah. So we do need to think of a punishment for if we pick a, if we kill off a team and then they somehow rise back up. Rise up. And what do uh, what <laughs> Joe? What do Falcons do? They rise. Up, exactly. Like Viagra. You're in trouble, right? Isn't that very mature? Um, I I can't think. Of what 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 are you thinking? I mean, I I don't want to go ahead and say sandwich bet because it's it's not really a bet, but it's like you know. No, it's not. We'll think of something and announce it in the next podcast. I think. So my five teams are Denver, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Miami, and Washington. All right, I've got Miami, Pittsburgh. New York Jets, Broncos, and the Atlanta Falcons. I see none of us have gone for the Giants. Do we both have belief in Danny Dimes? Danny Dimes is full of good times. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> no, I, I, And we'll leave our week four analysis there. <laughs> moving. <laughs> no, but genuinely, I, I think I think he's kind of revitalised this, this New York team. Um, he's, he's looked quite good well in the past two weeks, and he's done it this last week without Saquon, which is... Very intriguing. I want. I want to see a full game with him and Saquon working together and see, see what that looks like. It's. It's almost like as soon as we gained Daniel Jones, we lost Saquon to the football gods. But um, they are merciless, merciless, merciless in their nature, as we as we all know. That sounded almost like a prayer, Joe. Are you worried for something? Yeah, <laughs> I was just. I was just <laughs> contemplating life, death, and football. Yeah. The big three. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the Thursday Thursday night football game this week is the Rams and the Seahawks. And the Rams just got absolutely torn apart by the Bucks. They let Jones run for 70 yards on them, and he's an average running Jones. back at best. Is Chris Carson not just going to, I don't know, gobble up yards this week? I don't know, because they look the Rams' defense looked so good in the first three weeks, and then they just looked abysmal. So I, I honestly... It doesn't make any sense. Last week was just kind of weird, to be honest. Now, now I it was an odd one. It was. It was just nothing what I expected. Like nothing that I expected to happen happened. So when I'm looking at it, I'm gonna go ahead and say week four is an anomaly. It will never happen again. The Ravens are still the third best team in the AFC, and hence the Rams still play good defense. I'm gonna take the Rams. I think they're gonna return to form on defense. I think they still got. And we still saw that last week. They've still got a high-powered offense. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams on this one. What about you, Slew? I'm going to go with the Seahawks uh, in this game. It's in Seattle. Uh, last time they were there, they got embarrassed by Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints in a game that they were expected to win. This game, two three-and-one teams in the NFC West. At home, Thursday night, short week. I think they managed to take this one. I think it'll be close, though. Mm, definitely 
Okay. All right. So then we've also got the Bears at the Raiders. It's just the London In game. London. Indeed. I can't. Is it, is it in Wembley or is it Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? It's Wembley, sure isn't it? Oh, no. It's at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Ah. The first game there, I think. Damn. Okay. So the inaugural game. Um, who do you have, Slew? Hit me. I have the Bears. Okay. And I think despite Mitch Trubisky being out, which is a bigger loss than people think, he's he is significantly better than Chase Daniels. How do you? However, if he plays, I just don't rate really Chase Daniels at all. He's he's one of those. He's not even like Josh McCown level replacement quarterback. Josh McCown's a good replacement. He's a good backup. I I would exactly yeah, like you, you can't compare. But my point is, uh, I get what you mean. What I meant is Josh McCown isn't starting level. He's a good backup level. I don't trust Chase um, Daniels to start a game in the league. That's true. I mean, he backed up Drew Brees for a, a fair amount of time, and what's he really got to show for it? Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So what? You're taking the Bears, even though I am, especially because that Raiders offense has looked. It looks good against bad. It reminds me of the Vikings a bit. They've looked good against bad teams, and then they've been absolutely shut out in the game where they play had to play someone decent. So True. The Bears and this Bears defense is absolutely turning. It looks like last season's Bears. They're looking scary again. Yeah, that's that's very true. Plus it doesn't help that the Raiders are without their starting middle linebacker after Dante's perfect tried to just kill Jack Doyle. Don't know what Doyle him. said to him, but he was on his knee and there's like, yep, yeah, just gonna spear you in the head. I don't really think anyone has to say anything to Vontez. I think he was just sort of born that way. He just you know, like people were throwing flags as he came out of the womb. But um, this is the longest suspension in NFL history, which is, I believe is quite rightly deserved. But to hear Whitehead, the Raiders' um, offensive lineman, call the decision straight bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey man, why are they targeting my boy Vontez? Um, he's just trying to kill him. It's such a it's not even trying to make a tackle. He, he's on his knees, he just has to touch him on the shoulder and it's a tackle. Yeah, but Vontos doesn't play like that, Slew. You know that. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Raiders. Alright? Wow. I know. I know. And this is why. Right. I think the Bears defence might underperform in London, firstly, because mm-hmm. teams do tend to have to adjust to playing in London. Uh, that's why the Jags are so bloody good at it because they get to do it every year. Um, yeah, like we said before, I, Mitch Trubisky being replaced by Chase Daniels, I just it was already not the best offense in the league. It was a significantly bad offense, I'm going to say. Um, and now you've just kind of I don't I don't see much output there, and I say really lean on their on their running game, which we could see. Um, I think Josh Jacobs had a really good game. Last game, despite the fumble, he looked shifty as hell. But it just whether or not he'll be able to get the running running room with that Bears defense. Yeah, you look at what did Dalvin Cook manage to do against the Bears defense this week, and he was he looks like one of the best rushers in the league. Yeah, he managed to get me just over thirteen points on fantasy. So won't you shut your mouth? Yeah, he had fourteen carries for thirty five yards. My boy, with the longest carry for for nine yards. There he is. And then these have been the best rushing team in the league. I don't have much faith for the Raiders this week. Yeah, that's true. Mm, you know what? I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. 
But um, I just think the Bears' offense looked too anemic, to especially with Chase Daniel starting. I, I I think it's I think it's going to be the Raiders by like a stale nine three. Going to say it. Well, that'll be worth going to. But I think we are going to try and head down there. We haven't managed to get tickets this week, but we'll be around the fan zone of the stadium when it's going on. So if anyone's around, look out for us and try and get on a, our YouTube video that we hopefully we'll be recording. Mm. Yeah, and we've also got another game to talk about. Do you want to take it away? We do, which is the Packers and the Cowboys, two teams dragged back down to earth after 3-0 and starts. Mm. The Packers' um, vaunted defence just got absolutely ripped to shreds by Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. Mm. And the, although they were, you could say they were unfortunate though to not get away with the win. They decided to do a little bit of a strange call, try to throw it about seven times inside the yeah, I, I really three yard line, and the twice. Like you think, oh, it doesn't work the first time. You know what? Let's give it another go. I'm sure it'll work this time because everything's changed. That that really annoyed me. Like as a as an ex running back, I was just watching that like what the hell are you doing on fourth down? Like just throwing it four times in a row from, what was it? You said the three or the two? or Inside the three, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but that's just, why wouldn't you try and, it's, it's, you know, three yards. What is three yards? It's nothing. It's about three yards. It's approximately three yards long, I reckon. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought that was just a bit ridiculous. Um, I, I think I'm going to, take the Cowboys on this one and I'm not quite sure I mean it's kind of a toss up for me it could it could go either way easily um, I think like we said the Green Bay defence didn't look too good against Philadelphia um, after playing almost lights out in the first three weeks uh, I think the ca- the talent on the Cowboys team offence and defensively whether or not they showed it last week is, is gonna gonna turn up to some extent and yeah, give them a a little win, and especially if we still get more of these stupid refusing to run issues. Exactly, the the Packers defense being gashed on the ground, and what you have to come, you get to play Zeke Elliott in Dallas, so that's a good sign for you. And I think the Cowboys are going to be wanting to bounce back. Their offense, there's going to be a lot of talk throughout the week how. Oh, their offense only looked good because they played really crap teams the first three weeks of the season. And Dak Prescott isn't that good. He's a fraud. Dak Prescott's won me around this year. I'm now fully on the Dak Prescott train. I think he's a good quarter. I know. Which is surprising because I used to, I've actually started watching him play. I love the command he has for the offense. I love that he takes what the defense gives him. And he wasn't the reason that they lost the game this week. I don't believe it. I've not, I just didn't. Are you shocked? I, I honestly can't come to terms with the fact you've just said that you, Dak Prescott has won you around. But do you think that's more just based on... Um, oh, sorry. Kellen Moore? Say, yeah, Kellen Moore. I was, I was going to say Kellen Winslow, and I was like, that's obviously wrong. <laughs> it was, it was Should have gone with it, just ridden it out. Just be like, no, no, no. And then he had a chat with Kellen Winslow this offseason. Yeah, that, that's what turned it around. Yeah. Kellen Winslow taught, taught him how to crash a motorcycle. I'm oh, sorry, that was a bit mean. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I'm I'm going to take the Cowboys. I I think, like you said, Zeke's, Zeke might gash him up a bit. Um, 
And if they fail to get pressure on what is abundantly quite a good Cowboys O-line, uh, like they did in the first three weeks, then it could be a long day in store for the Packers. The cheese heads. Yeah, so I agree with you on that one. I don't know if I said it earlier, but I am definitely picking the Cowboys in this game. I think they're ahead four and one. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I've just since we started doing this, I've tried to be more objective when it comes to loving the making Cowboys. the picks. Not when it comes to loving the Cowboys, because I still think the Eagles are going to beat them. Because obviously, um, but I've just been able to. I've just been trying to watch them more objectively and not be like, "Oh no, the Cowboys are shit." Oh, the Redskins. Redskins are shit, but that's not because yeah, they're the Redskins. It's just because they're a really bad football team. Yeah, we thought the Giants were going to be shit, and they're two and two. You don't trust Danny Dimes. I don't care about Danny Dimes. You can check out the rest of our picks on thedropback.com where we'll have all of them up as soon as this podcast comes out. Thedropback.com I'm pretty sure that'll be copyrighted. You can't use that tune. I didn't use it. We'll think of a better tune for you guys next time. And you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dropback. Find us on Facebook at The Dropback UK. And thank you so much again for listening. I've been Sam. I've been Joe. And until next time, where you'll be left with Joe and Matt, I'll be away next week. Oh, no. See you later. Goodbye. Bye.